How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. And now they'll bring in Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel holds his eyes right down the middle of the field and throws a perfect ball. NFL veteran for 14 seasons. Snap, play fake. Daniel going to arch it down the right side. Into the end zone. Pass, caught. Touchdown, Allen Robinson. Bears have taken the lead. Coming back from 17 down. Super Bowl champion. Woo! 
Get ready to party with the Lombardi, New Orleans. It's already started. The Damn miracle mercy. in Miami has happened. The Saints have won the Super Bowl. Former Bears quarterback. The beauty of us having Chase here, you feel so lucky and fortunate that there's zero panic. Guys are just focused. They understand. They believe in him. Analysts for the Athletic, the 33rd team, and NFL Network. So I know this is maybe more of a general manager question, but you also have been on here advocating that the Bears stay with Justin Fields. And I know it's not just the Packers, and I know it's a team game, and it's not just a quarterback league. But I don't have any interest in committing to a quarterback who's going to be worse than the Packers quarterback for the next decade. <laughs> I've lived that life my entire life, Jace. Yeah, yeah, you're probably going to continue to live that life. Okay, well, that's just, that, that came across that's, a little mean. That was kind of mean That came across a little mean. Love. End zone. Touchdown, Green Bay. Perfect throw by Love. Go. Go, live your life. Look, I'm just joking with you guys. No, but, you're not. Um, we have not. talked about it. Yeah, I, I promise you I am. Chase Daniel with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. Parkins and Spiegel are off today. Spiegel's going to be back on Thursday and Friday. Parkins will be back after the new year. I'm Mark Grody along with Big Ant, Anthony Heron here on the score. And, yes, Chase Daniel, the 14-year NFL vet, NFL network analyst, host of the Chasing It show with Trey Wingo on the 33rd team network. And, of course, a former Bears quarterback as always. He joins us on the guest hotline presented by Circa Sports Illinois. What's going on, Chase? How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for filling in, man. Those guys are slacking. They need to get to work. What do they think this is? Just vacation time over here, man? We're here to talk some football today. Let's right. go. I mean, you know, it, it's a different lifestyle, man. You know, the holiday season <laughs> kicks in. We still got ball to talk, but, you know, some folks look no for doubt. a little free time when that's happening, I guess. Hey, I feel you on that, man. I feel you on that. Chase, we're, we've been talking about the the development of quarterbacks and the the very recent uh, lack thereof for the Bears in terms of Mitch Trubisky. You, of course, were there for that. And now Justin Fields, while there has been improvement, we don't know that there has been full development. What, in your experience, is the most important part or thing in developing a quarterback in the National Football League? Well, first and foremost, you got to have good players around him. Like, I don't care how good you are. If you don't surround yourself with a really good offensive line, like that's where I would start. If I was building roster, I would start with that offensive line and specifically the interior three. Everyone wants to pay right and left tackles, which is fine. You know, the left tackle for a right quarterback protecting your blind side. But those three guys in front, a center and two guards. And we had that in New Orleans with Breeze forever. It just lets you step up in the pocket, lets you see it. A little bit more clear. That's where I would start. And then you got to have some skill players that can make some plays for you, that can create separation. Because what's everyone doing nowadays? They're just playing man-to-man coverage. They're saying, we got better guys than you on defense than you do on offense. And so we'll just man up. And it takes time for plays to develop like that. Another thing is you got to be surrounded by a good coaching staff, right? Like you got to be able to coach it well. You got to be able to have a vision for an offense, a sp- specifically offensive scheme on what you want it to look like, okay? And, like, quarterbacks do things differently than other quarterbacks. So one quarterback might be better at RPOs. Nick Foles, for example. Like, when he was in Philly the second time, Doug Peterson said, hey, you're not, like, the old-school dropback guy. Like, you are really good and feel really comfortable with RPOs. Let's run RPOs, okay? Or, like, uh, Justin Fields. Like, for example, the first uh, probably, like, four to six games of last year, 
Like Luke Getzey was running an offense that didn't make any sense to me. Like didn't make any sense to Justin, wasn't playing well. And then last year, you look at the New England game. We've talked about it a lot. That was sort of the catalyst. And then for the rest of that year, he played pretty well. Come come along this year, in the first two or three games of the year, they're running an under center play action style offense. That's not Justin Fields. I don't think that will ever be Justin Fields. They switched the offense. He had a couple really good games, got hurt, and it's played pretty well for the rest of the year. So it just takes a whole bunch of people surrounding this quarterback to be able to de- develop them. And it honestly goes down, it comes down to, can the quarterback like handle it all? Can he handle the pressures of the job? Can he handle failure? Can he handle success? A lot of people don't talk about that. When you have success, you're like, okay, good. I'm, I know exactly what I'm doing. Like the, the best guy I've ever been around, Drew Brees, he was constantly evolving year in and year out, sometimes during the year, changing his routine, sticking with it, just making sure he's on the top of the top. And I think that's sort of how I think and know on how to develop quarterbacks. And all of you who want to tune in to Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score, you can see Chase's well-manicured beard. You can see the hat, the ball cap that he's rocking to, everything that's, that's working for Chase Daniel right now. Yes, yes, looking very good, sir. Yeah, but yeah. as we as we evaluate QB development, I found the matchup they had in Cleveland to be an interesting one because Lamar Jackson is the only quarterback who is even effective playing in Cleveland against that defense this season. And even he threw for less than 190 yards, ran for, I think, less than 30 yards, but put touchdowns on the board, which is vital. It seemed to me to be a game the other day, and I'm curious for for your thoughts, that I I thought the the decisiveness of Justin Fields did seem to uptick quite a bit, the consistency of just seeing it and kind of letting it rip, even though it didn't lead to a high completion percentage. But that against that defense – where you know some of this is evaluating sort of small areas of improvement, but what did you think about Justin from within the pocket and offense that on the whole became pretty pocket-based throughout the game, but what did you think about just him him operating against that Browns D? Yeah, I mean, that, that you, you said it, and, and I did a I, – I had – so I'm working for NFL Network. I had NFL Network do a, a study for me because I wanted to, to understand the Cleveland defense because they're, they're probably, in my opinion, like top two or three defense in the league, but they're horrible. Like, if you look at the splits, they're horrible away from home. For whatever reason, they just don't travel well. But at home, it's like one of the best defenses in the last, like, 15 years – just pure numbers wise. So when I saw this matchup with Justin, I said, Hey, is it going to be like Justin's first start where you took like eight or nine sacks a couple years ago in there? Or is he going to be able to handle? And you're right. He looked like a completely different quarterback from within the pocket. I mean, first play of the game, play action, shot play down the field. He's wearing gloves in the elements. Like all this stuff was stacked against him. And for the most part, like I thought he played winning football. Like that's a really good defense, a defensive scheme. They're just playing bully ball up front. I thought the offensive line for the most part uh, gave him enough time. I mean, they, they got some pass rushers on that end yeah. and he, he, he did a really good job. I think just being decisive. And I think that was the biggest thing I wanted to see going in. Is he going to hold the ball? Because a lot of times versus that defense at home, like the first option is not available. And he was able to get to the second option or run. Would have loved to see some more QB run game versus that defense, but they were just stacking the box saying, Hey, we're playing man to man. It's raining outside. I don't think Justin Fields can beat us, but there's a couple plays like that pass play to 18 down the seam, the tight end. Like that, that was, that was unreal. Like I, I I just broke it down and I put it on my YouTube show. Uh, The whole, like, I I think we did 12 or 14 plays and I spent a lot of time that play because he's outside the pocket. Cole Komet does a really good job of, 
of blocking Miles Garrett, allowing uh, Justin to get outside. And when Justin lets this go, there's four Brown defenders around him. He like sort of hop passes it, throws it easy, 55, 60 in the air, just like a perfect pass and it's dropped, right? And then the next play, he comes back, throws an amazing back shoulder to DJ Moore. Like the skill level's there. You just want to be more consistent with it. But honestly, like it was a lose-lose situation for for Justin and and the Bears because that's just such a good defense. When they were up uh, in the in the fourth quarter, there's a 90% chance that uh, ESPN analytics said they were going to win the game. And then obviously some things happened down the stretch. Joe Flacco became the old Joe Flacco MVP <laughs> and, and did some stuff. But I thought, like, overall, like you got to be happy with how Justin played, especially how that defense played and how Fluce is, is coaching those boys right now. And there, there was a comment that Justin made after the game just when he was talking about facing that, that Cleveland defense, a defense that – has embarrassed pretty much every quarterback not named Lamar Jackson has played there this season. You know, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Ryan Tannehill, his experience that he brings to Brock the table. Purdy Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, the potential yeah. MVP of the league, threw for like 80 yards or something like that. So it was going to be a rough day. But that, you know, kind of throwing out of a silo where you're under duress, and we do see we're big-time quarterbacks, are at times able to deliver passes. And Justin talked a little bit about basically having to guess where he's mm-hmm. delivering the football. In those scenarios, then, you, you've been there. Talk through that aspect of, of where does where does anticipation begin and guessing in? Because you're, you're going to face heat sometimes in the pocket, and yeah. that's where th- there was still a, a disconnecting game, whether it was Mooney or DJ Moore, just some of the, the passes that, that seemed just a bit off. Well, yeah, and I think that's, that's exactly right and what you said, and, and that's a good observation from you because as a quarterback, when you're in the pocket, like a half of a second – longer to throw the ball or a half a second uh, less to throw the football is a huge deal. Say you have on average two and a half seconds to throw the football. If you're able to somehow get 0.5 seconds above that three seconds to throw the football stuff opens up down the field, right? It just like that half second might, might mean five to seven yards more of a receiver separation. Okay. You take half a second away from that two and a half seconds and you take two seconds from snap to throw the football. That is so fast things are not open you have to anticipate more which justin was having to do on um on sunday and it's not like it was it's not like they were not they weren't pressuring right it wasn't like they were Mm -hmm. blitzing guys left and right it was they were getting pressure with four so there's still seven in coverage to defend four guys so the holes out there are very small and he was able to for the most part get everything done within the first hitch but if you're getting to your second hitch on the road against that Cleveland defense. I mean, I broke down Brock Purdy's game there. And if you got to a second hitch, like, good luck, it's getting sacked or you're throwing blind. And, and I think that's what Justin has gotten a lot better at. I don't know if you would have seen Justin maybe five, six, seven weeks ago being able to throw with the rhythm and anticipation that he did and actually trust the guys um, to make plays around him. Now, it wasn't a great game, but you got to look at those small little nuanced details that what like I sort of look at and what scouts look at, what talent evaluators look at to say, hey, okay, he's making a step, even though the numbers aren't great. Rhythm and anticipation is better. Another thing that has gotten really good and at times just flat out awesome is his ability to escape the pressure and not just take off running, but find his weapons downfield. And the latest example of that was the Cole Komet touchdown in this game. What did you make of that play? I mean, honestly, like, like the left tackle lost right away. And so Justin didn't even have a chance really to play the play. I mean, he got to his third, he got, Justin got to his second read once his back foot was there because he could feel the pressure. 
And the way Miles Garrett had him hugged, like I was like, oh, it's a sack. And all of a sudden, like, nope, shook him off, kept his eyes downfield. And then going to your left, like that's hard to do as a quarterback, obviously as a righty, when you're going to your left, that was his only way to go. And then just kept his eyes down the field. And I actually slow-moed it from the back view, the coach's uh, back view where Justin was. And that was a lot smaller window than it probably looked like on TV because he had to get it up and over somebody before the DB um, was going to maybe try to tap it down for the Cole Komet touchdown. And Cole did a great job, like the scramble drill, all sorts of things. So just plays like that, especially in the red zone. If you can extend plays in the red zone, like we did a study a couple of years ago with one of the teams I was on. It's like 65% of touchdowns inside the 15-yard line are on extended quarterback plays. Hmm. That is wild. Like that is wild to me. So you want a quarterback – that you can trust down there. It's not only quarterback run game because you, you gain an extra blocker in a, a running back, but then to extend plays and to be able to deliver the ball accurately going to your left like that, like sign me up. It's it's not easy to find high-level quarterback play, a high-level head coach, you know, the great offensive minds who call plays at a high level in football. There's probably you know a few and far between who just do it year in and year out. So the Bears have some big decisions to make, of course, as we've all been talking about throughout the season here. If the Bears move on from Justin Fields and bring in the, the number one overall pick in the draft, whether that be Caleb or, or Drake or, or whomever, the infrastructure around the quarterback is, to me, in an area of focus that this team has just never proven with the product on the field that they've gotten right. So what do you see as the most important thing for a, an offensive play caller for a franchise be, to try and – I'll use the term insulate a quarterback yeah. to develop them, to nurture their talents in a way that can help them become great. Yeah, that's a great question. And um, man, it is, it's hard to find good quarterback play, whether it's Justin or Drake may or Caleb, whomever it is, like you were saying, it's hard to find those, those people. And once you decide as an organization from the top down, from the owners to polls, to the head coach, to the OC, Every single person on that hierarchy needs to be on the same page about who the quarterback is moving forward and what the plan is, because the plan does not need to start with your receiver or your left tackle. It has to, it has to start with the quarterback. So everything you do within that building this off season better be rooted in who our quarterback is, who gives us the best chance to win. Do we have an offensive scheme around him that he does really well. And once that quarterback is decided on, once that's decided, then you can build your entire franchise around him. Now the Bears have a good chance to reset that. Do you want to reset and restart? And how do you know if Caleb Williams or Drake May is going to be any good? Like has Justin shown enough? And there's so many questions that need to be answered and only Ryan Poles can answer that right now. He's got a huge decision to make right now. Obviously you guys know Chicago's picking one and five, like amazing. Um, you know, and, and, and I've been pretty vocal on, on what I think, you know, should happen. And I just think restarting a, a clock again on another quarterback that in, in the drafting of quarterbacks, it's such a crap shoot. Like Mr. Irrelevant is probably going to win the MVP. <laughs> this you so, know, like, yeah. so it's just, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to put a, a finger on. Do you feel like, you know, it, so obviously you'd like to see Justin Fields back. Have you seen enough development from him, improvement from him? And we know what potentially his ceiling is to believe that he can get to the next level like what is the, the the I guess what is the ceiling do you think w with Justin Fields if he if he continues to improve at whatever rate he's improving 
Yeah, I think the ceiling is Jalen Hurts and 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 just what Jalen Hurts has been able to do. And not because they're both running quarterbacks, because I see a lot of of similar traits in them throwing the football. Mm-hmm. Good deep ball accuracy, strong intermediate throws, um, like very accurate underneath. Now, obviously the run running stuff is is the running stuff, but I just think that if you were to put Justin Fields in an offense with the talent and the schematics of Philadelphia Eagles and what they've done to build everything around Jalen Hurts, I think you would get a high-level player. I really do. Now, um, that's remained to be seen because I just don't know if the Bears have the capital. Are they going to go one and five if they don't pick a uh, quarterback at one and five? Are they going to go just offense? I think they do if that's who their guy is. And so that's the that's the tough decision about it is once you have that guy in mind, then you're just like guns a blazing, like this is the path we're following. And yeah, that's that's the million dollar question, man. I I just have no idea. It's like you got to be really sold, in my opinion, on either Drake May or Caleb Williams, and they might be to move on from Justin, in my opinion. Is it implausible to to bring in one of those guys and have Justin Fields still be the starting quarterback? No. No, not at all. And, 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 and I honestly, I think that, that that's a real possibility of what could happen because I, I just don't know. I don't know if they're going to pick up Justin's fifth year option. Okay. So you have Justin going in uh, and then at a pretty reasonable salary, then you decide to pick number one, like let them battle it out, like let them battle it out. And then that's another thing too. People are like, well, you know, his trade compensation right now, is about as high as it possibly could be the way he's playing and what he showed. Well, if his trade compensation is so high with the way he's playing and what he's shown, why wouldn't the Bears keep him? <laughs> now I get it. Like it just it just doesn't make sense. Like I, I get all arguments and all like I don't know. I, I just feel like from what I'm hearing, like I just feel like that's probably the path they're gonna go down. Like it, it'd be hard pressed to pass up a quarterback yeah. at one. I get it. I get it. It's just like, what do you do with Justin? Justin's a consummate pro, consummate teammate, man. Like, I don't know. And, and, and that's even further the conversation is how many backup quarterbacks have played this year, dude? Like, it is yeah. unreal. So, like, you don't want to trade Justin away right away. Like, what if your number one pick you pick, like, whoever it is, Drake May or Caleb Williams, what if they get hurt? And then all of a sudden, the, the franchise's plans are down the drain. At least you have someone to keep with Justin Fields to come in and play at a high level. We've seen so many examples, and you know all of them well, Chase, whether it was Dak Prescott in his rookie year in that situation in Dallas. Tony Romo gets hurt, and so Dak is in a position where he's not asked to do that much, and now he's developed into this MVP caliber passer. But there's a variety of examples. You go back to whether it was Ben Roethlisberger before him or the initial seasons of Tom Brady. In modern times, you mentioned the potential MVP is Brock Purdy. He's playing at a high level, but the situation he in, he's in is drastically yeah. different than a lot of the other guys here. The Having both of them in the same room, you, you, you've been in a position where you've had the opportunity to be the guy who's like, all right, are you going to be our quarterback of the future? And then later in your career, you've also been the guy who was asked to just sort of nurture the younger quarterback. A proper meeting room for developing a quarterback. What well, you were the guy who was help helping Mitch along in his journey here in Chicago for a while. What does the proper QB meeting room look like for the various ages and, and personalities in there? Yeah, I mean, I think the the quarterback meeting room is a really sacred place because there's a lot that's talked about, not only about quarterback play, but about the organization and just how things are going, um, you know, outside of your control. And and I think with with me, like I've always thought, like a younger guy that is the guy 
right? Uh, and, and you might have him on a rookie salary so you can build the team around him while he's on that rookie salary and you find out you're the guy. And then you bring in some veteran backup to help him mold, to help him exactly what they did with like Patrick Mahomes, right? Like Patrick Mahomes was drafted. Now this is complete opposite of like the Justin Fields situation. Like Mahomes has got a chance to go down as one of the best to ever play it. But if you look at Mahomes, he sat for a year. They let Alex Smith finish and play in 2016, and he balled out. That was Alex Smith's best year as a pro. Okay, traded him. Mahomes sat the whole year, and then the next year he was the starter. He's been to five straight AFC championship games, right? But you bring in a Chad Henney, who's a young, who's an old guy, who's an old vet, to go in and mentor him and sort of trick, you know, figure out like what he likes, and then and then eventually, you know, they moved on. Finally, after like six years of of Chad Henney, and Chad Chad went on to retire two Super Bowl rings. So that to me is like what I would think would be like a legitimate type quarterback meeting room. I like it. And hey, man, you were during the Mitch Trubisky era, you were a go-to guy for us because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you yeah. spoke quarterback and you spoke right. Mitch Trubisky, which was very helpful to us. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun year, you know, and wish wish they would have uh, won some more games when we were there. Yeah, no doubt. Chase, thank you so much. We appreciate your insights and opinions. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, Chase. That was uh, Chase Daniel, the the former Bear uh, NFL Network analyst, host of uh, Chasing It Show with Trey Wingo on the 33rd Team Network. Uh, you can find him on X or Twitter at Chase Daniel. We're going to keep the the football talk full speed ahead okay, because it. when we come back, we're going to talk to Peter King. It is the Parkins and Spiegel Show with Mark Grody and Anthony Heron today on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I give you King Peter. Peter King in Lake Forest, Illinois with the Bears. I'm Peter King. Hall of Fame writer. The must-read column every single week, Peter King. The great Peter King. Peter King is back. 40 years covering the NFL. 40 years. Host of the Peter King Podcast. Peter already called for him to be, you know. Who did? Peter King? No, PETA. The group that is the people against the ethical treatment of animals. Football morning in America. Not all of us are called King. Not all of us get to walk around with the moniker of King. NBC Sports. After having a long conversation with the NFL's vice president of international stuff. Peter King. I want my general manager to not give a crap what Kenny from Kankakee wants. Somewhere in Kankakee. <laughs> there's, a named, Kenny. <laughs> there's a Kenny who just jumped up off what the happened? couch. What did I do? What did I do? Peter. What's with the side swipe? Peter. It's normally, Peter. A, it's normally a bob. This is unbelievable. Kankakee. And it's for you. I don't know you, but I'm sure you're a jerk. Hey, I've only been here a few minutes. What's going on? Oh, there he is. We love you, King. Peter King with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. It's the Parkinson Spiegel Show with me, Mark Grody, and Anthony Heron. On the score, and yeah, Peter King, the Hall of Fame writer from NBC Sports, joins us on the guest hotline presented by Circa Sports Illinois. What's going on, Peter? How are you? Hey, everything's going good. What are you guys doing today? What 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 is is any is there any rabble being roused today? Not yet. I mean, uh, you know, as far as like in the studio, we've got a few more hours to maybe rouse <laughs> things up a little bit. But just around the city, of Chicago finally got frigid this week for the first time. So for me, Peter. Yeah. I hit the streets last night. We have something called Zoo Lights at the Lincoln Park Zoo. So my yeah. voice, for the first time during this holiday season, my voice 
is struggling a little bit, a little bit dry today by comparison to how I normally. Okay, well, I am I am the perfect guest because I can literally <laughs> talk for twenty minutes nice. nonstop. So listen, just don't interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll tee you up. No, man. how how festive is the king this this time of year? I mean, there's a variety of different holidays. It can be separate uh, celebrated. Are you are there decorations galore around the household? Oh, come on, I love I love Christmas, ha- uh, Thanksgiving, and. And Christmas are my two favorites. In fact, this weekend will be the first weekend in 40 years covering the NFL in the football season that I do not work. Wow. That is something, I, uh, man. Yeah. It, when, uh, so NBC, when, when we were talking about a contract this year uh, after last season, I signed a one-year contract and – one thing they offered me that I thought about, and I thought, well, I really shouldn't do that. But I said, no, I'm going to do it. They said, you can uh, take one week of your choosing off this year. And I said, well, I'm going to be with the family in Berkeley, California on, uh, on this weekend and all through Sunday. And uh, I might watch some games on TV. I might not, but... I won't have to stay up till three o'clock in the morning on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning working. And that is my Christmas present. So Peter's missing history because it feels like the NFL is going to take over Christmas at this point. And now Peter yeah. King is just going to kind of, you know, take a little siesta. On hey, Christmas you know, Eve. here's the interesting thing. I, I, I wrote this in my column this week, but we all know the NFL is king. However, however, so an important game for the Philadelphia Eagles, 4.30 Eastern time on, on uh, Monday, uh, Eagles-Giants. And it shouldn't be much of a game, but look at how the Eagles are playing now. It might be a game. So yeah. anyway, Eagles and the Giants at 4.30. And then 5 o'clock, LeBron against Tatum. Oh. You know, Lakers-Celtics. Oh. There you go. Staples Center. So my question is, Basically, who you got? What do you? What is? What's America going to be watching? Because look, it isn't like it's some mega football game, but this is a pretty interesting basketball game, I think. And so I don't know. I I think I, I think the NFL. This was maybe three four years ago. They they said, listen, we have no gentleman's agreement with the NBA to hand them Christmas. Why can't we play on Christmas, too? Mm-hmm. And so they started doing it and planning it. And, look, their Christmas night game this year, and I don't know what games their NBA game is on on Christmas night, but you got the two winningest teams in the league, Baltimore at San Francisco, playing on Christmas night. Now, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's not maybe the sexiest game, but it is the two best teams in football facing off. So, I think they're going to get pretty good numbers this this Monday when they uh, when those numbers roll, roll in next week. The NFL is wonderfully relentless, and uh, we are all complicit yeah. because we all absolutely love the NFL. You brought up the the terminology, uh, Peter King, rabble rousing. There's been a little bit of it on the on the radio today and on the text lines um, in terms of 
of Luke Getze, the the Bears' offensive coordinator, and uh, some of the mistakes he's made. And if you, you got just, my partner Mark yeah. calling people simpletons well, uh, throughout well, the show no, here. No, and so we'll Peter, I think, Peter, I think you can appreciate what I'm about to say. I have no problem with people not liking Luke Getze. As a matter of fact, I've been critical of him. What I don't like is when when I defend some of the things he does, I get the old, uh, oh, you're just carrying water for the guy. He's a source of yeah. yours. You're just trying to kiss up to him because you're at Hallis Hall every day. That's the stuff that I resent and I don't like and I get really uh, angry about. Yeah, well, I I covered the uh, Kansas City-New England game Sunday just because I thought Kansas City was the newsiest team in in the game. The, the game wasn't a great game, but, you know, you spend time with defending Super Bowl champs and you get time with Mahomes and Reed, and I thought that was worth it. And, and the mail I've gotten in the last couple of days for skipping over uh, Buffalo, Dallas, and you know, not 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 talking about the 49ers at all this week in the column. You can't please everybody, and so I'd say I just say this about Getzey and <clears throat> and about Chicago right now, and that is that look, if you have some real lapses. Uh, in a game that everybody thinks, well, maybe not we should win this game, but we definitely could win this game. I mean, you're playing a, you're playing a very good defense, but you're playing a, a quarterback who was watching red zone a month ago and who thought his career was probably over and his phone wasn't ringing. And, and Joe Flacco played well right down the stretch of this game, but man, he gave three of them away. And so you think you probably should win, but Look, you can pick out a lot of things in any particular game that you don't like, and I'm sure there are some plays here that, you know, you don't like that Getsy called, and you don't like that Justin Fields didn't execute. But I think my 10,000-foot view of the Bears right now, and again, all I saw on Sunday uh, was the highlights of this game. So I can't sit here and say, Yep, I give Fields a B-minus for this game. I I, I didn't see it, but I think at the end of the day, um, and I am going to watch a lot of their game, hopefully this weekend, when I'm just sitting around watching TV, but I'm going to try to watch a lot of their game this weekend to make a judgment, but I still stand by, you know, running it back another year and see what happens. And that's interesting because the – the triumvirate of the Bears that's most most scrutinized is, of course, head coach, offensive coordinator slash play caller, and quarterback. And part of what it feels like Ryan Poles and, and Kevin Warren will need to decide as they get into the offseason here is maybe which which spot is more difficult to replace. You know, I, I guess you could you can unload all of them and just, you know, kind of hope for the best. But in your experience, in 40 years of covering this league, are, are you more likely to, to hit on a QB, are you more likely to hit on, on a coach, on an offensive play caller? I mean, which one is, is the most difficult to replace? The quarterback. But, you know, I think that the situation is almost doubly difficult to fathom this year because let's just say for the sake of argument that you're Ryan Poles and you're not sold on Justin Fields yet. I would just guess and this is a guess that he's not totally sold on Justin Fields. But but here's sort of the way I look at it. Everybody said, well, geez, 
you're not going to be in position to take a quarterback this good, drafting this high for a long time, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I totally understand that. And if he falls in love with Caleb Williams, Drake Moy, whoever, whoever, I, you know, I don't know these guys, but if he falls in love with one and thinks he's the future, that's fine. But I would just say two things. Number one, you'd sit right where you are, don't take any calls or maybe trade down one spot to max uh, and probably still get Marvin Harrison. Uh, and the second possibility is you can trade down nine, 10, 12 spots, pick up three, uh, what I think would probably be three first round picks and get this very, very solid rebuild over the next two years and work with Justin Fields and say, okay, listen, maybe we don't have Tom Brady on our team or a guy who's going to deliver multiple Super Bowls, but I want to build this whole team the right way. And if we decide in two years that Fields isn't the guy, then we'll move on. But right now we want to surround Justin Fields with an excellent deep into the playoffs caliber team and and then we'll just let the chips fall where they may. That that is how I would lean right now. I would lean trade trading that pick and really maximizing the value for it. Yeah, you know, I I am leaning somewhat towards the idea of Justin Fields being back and here's why because there has been a development with the Bears over the last 4 or 5 weeks and that is the defense has suddenly become good. And I'm not saying that they're great or elite yet, but, you know, the Montez sweat effect has been real. We, we are starting to see the players that the Bears brought in this year to help out, like TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds be good. We know how good Jalen Johnson has been, and there's no time to waste this defense. So uh, how much right. does that factor into your opinions when it comes to the Bears right now, the, the defense? It would, that would factor in a lot with, with me because you can look at that defense and say, okay, one of these high picks, we're going to take, uh, we're going to take an edge player, <clears throat> and we are going to build up the front seven of this team so that next year opening day we are going to be a load for anybody to play. But I also think that whatever you do, whatever the next step is, if you decide to load up over the next two years, let's just say in the draft you know, with a lot of high picks. I think that it's incumbent on you to say, okay, if the best player uh, right now is a tackle, let's take him. If the, if the best guard in football for the last 10 years is coming out this year, take him. I mean, just be concerned with getting cornerstone long-term players who you can see playing deep into the playoffs five, six times. That's, that would be my biggest concern, even though obviously you want to continue to improve the defense. I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to get a big physical receiver. I want to go out and look for a DK Metcalf type or just a bigger receiver right now than the one you have now. I think you got, you got a deep threat and moody. You got the, uh, you know, you you obviously have a really good one to one and a half DJ Moore, 
and you got Cole Komet who's come on uh, playing with Fields. I, I and you know I would I would want a physical receiver, and I would want reinforcements for the offensive line probably for for the offense anyway more than anything else. And then on defense, I would really like to get a bookend for um, you know a book a bookend edge guy. It was definitely a unique opportunity the Bears will have to to bolster the roster, regardless of that decision at QB. It seems like there's there's some franchises around the league, Peter, that that find a way to win consistently with v- variety of quarterbacks, coaches. You know, yeah. Philadelphia, Seattle, San Fran, Dallas, Green Bay, Pittsburgh. <clears throat> what separates those teams that establish consistency over coaches and quarterbacks versus the rest of the league who are so hit or miss like the Bears? I think. Uh, they're all very, very concerned about their supporting cast. And look, the 49ers, we all know, they got lucky with Brock Purdy. Nobody expected this out of Brock Purdy. But I've been saying this for a long time, that if the 49ers win the Super Bowl this year, it means that six of the last 11 Super Bowl champions would have been either the 75th pick in the draft Russell Wilson, 199th Tom Brady, or 262nd Brock Purdy. I'm not saying that you should pass up a quarterback if you are convinced he's a generational talent. However, I have seen a lot of people convinced that certain players are going to be good for the next 15 years, and it just doesn't work. You saw one with Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he's now not even going to be the number two guy in Pittsburgh. He's sliding all the way down to number three. So I, there's just no guarantee with quarterbacks. There's no guarantee with anybody, but especially at the quarterback position. Peter, great stuff as always. And Merry Christmas to you, man. Enjoy right, that you. day off. Holiday. I will. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, fellas. Yep. Thanks, Peter. See ya. Peter King, first Christmas day off in 40 years. I I'm think he should do like man. a get the diary out and just talk about his day. The entire day I woke up and didn't have to cover football. I got to watch football, <laughs> man. Or you could just sleep. Yeah, or you could just sleep. There's yeah. nothing better in life than alarm clock free sleep. We need to take a break. It is Big Ant, Mark Grody in for Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Mango. Afternoons on the score. Mark Grody, Anthony Heron filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. Spiegel's going to be back on uh, Thursday and Friday. Danny Boy will be back after the the New Year, so he's doing the thing. So normally I would have hit the big note on the front end of that, but one, I've got salad mouth right now. <laughs> but then also, like I was we mentioning with Peter King, yeah. yeah, throat was a little bit dry, but normally when Return of the Mac comes on and it's time to hit that first note, I normally can't resist. I almost did it. It's kind of a you know second stanza for the beat. You know, it kind of comes back in again. I almost did it there, but I still had salad mouth going. So anyone who knows that I normally hit the note, maybe that's why Tyler played it because uh, he was waiting on me to hit the note. The reason I didn't is because I'm suffering from salad mouth at the moment. Well, that's a, and it's a real thing, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be embarrassed about it. It happens to everybody. Appreciate so, it. But the, when I hear Should that, that be one of the spots on the on the station now, salad mouth. If you've suffered from <laughs> salad mouth. And, you know, take this. I don't know if it's a pill or what would be associated with it. No, just gargle water and spit. I think that you'd be fine. That would would take care of it for you. Mm -hmm. When I hear that song, Return of the Mac, I just think of Khalil Mack 
because ah, that yeah. was the song we all became obsessive mm-hmm. with when he came. Mm-hmm. They would play it at the stadium. It just reminds me of when I thought things were really good. That was the same things year. Things were pretty good Things were good. Hey, Ryan Pace got executive of the year that right. year, and he probably deserved it. And prior to Khalil Mack coming to the Bears, the and too. then yeah, he got coach of the year, and hey, <laughs> it was all fun mm. and well-deserved. That's one of the dangers, though. Of what I was asking Peter King about, the fact that the Bears, hey, the Bears, here we go again. The Bears have a good defense. I'm not going crazy An emerging, growing defense that you should be able to even add more personnel to in the offseason. Absolutely. So uh, as much as it's imperative that the Bears have a good defense, great defense, maybe even elite defense like they did in 2018, if they are to add some people on, the, the concern is, are we heading towards, yes, the Bears winning again, but because of right. defense and managing the offense. And, and let's we, and drop we, a rookie quarterback <sighs> in the midst of that. And, and we have learned through the years that most of the time you win, but you don't win-win. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you did, the, the only time that it really worked where you won one was when you got to the Super mm. Bowl, but you didn't win the Super Bowl. So. I, uh, what you laid out to to Peter, I, I think, has been a distinct possibility the entire time of keeping Justin Fields, not picking up the fifth year option, and still drafting a quarterback. That, that doesn't eliminate the possibility of them drafting a QB. No, I've been saying that for well over a month at this point. And you know, Parco was, was thinking it was kind of a. It's you know, tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that happens more frequently than we have a first round quarterback who's played okay. And then we're going to trade what could be a high-value asset. We'll trade that away and then draft a quarterback number one overall. I can't think of that example. I can think of examples of teams keeping the quarterback they drafted and then adding someone else and just saying, hey, battle it out. Let's see how this goes. Right. And, it's hey, it's a fluid situation, so your minds are allowed to change on Justin Fields or Caleb Williams or Drake May, depending on how in-depth you are in watching those guys develop. But let's, let's take a break. When we come back, Jalen Johnson was on this very show yesterday with Parkins and Spiegel. And what if that scenario does exist where Justin Fields is the starter, but they do draft a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or anybody to compete with Justin Fields? What would that do to the locker room? And what does the locker room think about Justin Fields? We'll get into that next here on The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.